0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: From the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light for the fans on game day. KKSC
3: FM HD1 Bluefield Denver Boulder. The Nuggets, the Avalanche, and all Denver sports. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Woo! Denver.
1: Colorado. Who's your jabroni? God, is it fun to watch MPJ go full MPJ, huh? Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5.
2: Somebody excite me. And Altitude TV. I cannot stand the whole concept of levels. I like to level things out. I like order in my life. It's Mosher, Lombardi, and Kane. You want to feel
1: my muscles? They're bringing the house.
2: I want to reiterate this here. I want the D. Here's Vic, Mark, and Brett.
1: Textra opens the show saying, male, 30, wearing my transition lenses for you today, Vic. A 30-year-old man with the transitions? Hmm? hmm? I'll
3: let you decide that man's fate.
1: Hey, before we jump into a whole bunch of football stuff, I got audio from Richard Sherman. I want to play, and um, I'm done with Richard Sherman, by the way, over him. So we'll get to that in a second. Can we start with baseball? Because every single divisional series was a sweep, two to nothing. And so we move on to the uh, divisional round. Here's the two thoughts that I had that stuck out as I was casually watching basically all these games yesterday. Number one is Tampa's crowd is the saddest thing I've ever seen for a team that is always good. I know their fans don't show up during the regular season. I know it's even kind of sparse during the postseason, but that... Was ridiculous, and all I could think was, if I put that baseball team on thirtieth and Blake, how on fire this entire town would be to have a baseball team like that. And if I'm the commissioner of the MLB, I'm like, there's something I got to do about this. You can't have that, man. You can't. That's a horrible look for your league. It's embarrassing. There was just over nineteen
2: thousand for game one. What was it for game two?
1: It felt like less. I mean, they
2: had they had literally thousands of empty seats.
1: Like the entire upper row was empty. They could yeah. put the tarps up there. Um, let's see here. I'll try and get the exact attendance number for you. But I mean, my say God. It. Say what? Say it, uh, Marty. Say it. Say the words. Say, Nobody say the Nobody wants to match. go to that
3: sarcophagus. Yeah.
1: If but you're right though, Brett. If if you
3: played that game that series in Denver, the amount of excitement. And the level of the cost of a ticket, first of all, would be through the roof because we already experienced this. Mm-hmm. And you would not have an empty seat in the house. And that's the difference between a, a great sports town, Denver, Colorado, and a crap sports town. What's What's the full capacity? at yours is it
1: 40 something now, now
2: with the party deck having taken away like a couple thousand, Yeah, something like that. 41 plus 42. 20,000 You know 42? what? And, and, 20,
3: too much is made of the sarcophagus that you keep bringing up it that doesn't explain how bad a sports town that is i don't care if you play on wooden bleachers i don't care if you play i mean in oakland they played on wooden bleachers. i don't care where you play if denver
1: colorado had that same sarcophagus it would be sold out so quit giving them a way out it's a bad sports town well i'd I'd say this vic maybe Mosier's onto something during the regular season like if you're in game 92 of a year, maybe, yeah, it's, it's a bad drive and the stadium's not nice and all that stuff. It's a playoff game and your team's good. There's no excuse, motion No excuse. True, like that. No. true. Okay, true. No, you could stand. You can, have, you can
2: actually have stands where you can't even sit and they should sell out. I, I'm not arguing with you about that. But I'm also saying there were times, even when the Braves were very good and they played at Fulton County Stadium, they wouldn't sell that out for playoff games. You remember that, Vic? Most, they, the most Bra- That's
3: because they had a 10-year run where they got there every year, and I think it started to wear thin. If you did it every year well, now and you're, it wasn't and now you're giving.
2: Well, listen, I don't think Atlanta's a great sports town either. So now you're giving Atlanta an out. Well, again, I'm giving you the, the ultimate difference between Atlanta and Tampa.
3: Tampa's just not that great a sports town. It's not. Never has been. Yeah. Never has been a great sports town. Go back to the Tampa Bay box. Go back. I mean, yeah, the lightning have made uh, two appearances to what? Three appearances in the finals. One during COVID. Other than that, what?
2: Well, one they, Tampa. They, they also won a Stanley Cup, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. Something, how long ago was it? By the
1: way, people. The I, Cavalier was young. By the way, people I know. 20th and Blake. I said 30th. I don't know why I said 30th. 20th and Blake. Um, it was, hold on a second. If you try to
2: do directions or geography,
1: it was the a show mistake. Ever, I, just it was general. General. I know All I could it's think it was, just if it, I put that baseball team on thirtieth and Blake. I know, I know it's twentieth on fire. Do you know where thirtieth? Thirtieth you know
3: and Blake would basically place it in uh, right on the outskirts of Rhino. I no, know it, it, would it's be, 20th. it would be nothing there. I made the one mistake. Denver Coliseum.
1: Okay, fine. No, it's not that far. That, yeah, it feels Denver like Coliseum is like forty fourth. It 40th. doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the other thing that hit me during the playoffs. By the way. So, it was one thing talking about... um, There. There's 30th and Blake. Let's put the Rays right there. Be a beautiful beautiful part of town to put that in.
2: (laughs) Actually, you know what? Have you gone down to that Rhino? It's pretty artsy.
3: Yeah, it's completely different,
1: man. It's it's pretty artsy,
2: yeah. It's crazy.
1: So, here's the other thing that hit me as I'm watching these games. I was watching the Diamondbacks, who were picked by some to finish dead last in the NL West this year. And... I'm watching them sweep their way into moving on to the divisional round. And all that could hit me is, and Vic, you've mentioned this multiple times when you talk about in college football before Dion got the boulder, hey, Utah, how come Utah can do that and see you can't? I look at the Diamondbacks, I'm like, why can't that be the Rockies? Why can't they do that? The Diamondbacks have no bigger advantage in any category than the Rockies do what, with anything. What, what,
2: I guess what I don't understand is that they were supposed to finish behind the Rockies, who only won 59 ball games. Mm-hmm. And they are, they're, I mean, they're a scrappy bunch. Watching Marte and Pham and all these dudes, I'm like, this is, this is a pretty scrappy team. How did they do it? How? Well, first of all, all their arms didn't fall off. The Rockies had seven arms fall off, right? Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven important arms. Or se- seven of the most important arms in the organization fell off. Yep. It had to be sewn back on. That's a start. And the Diamondbacks didn't have that. But that's a scrappy bunch that believes in themselves. It's a fun team to watch. And by the way, smoking Milwaukee makes me feel so good. I've got nothing but disdain for the Milwaukee Why? Brewers. Because I don't like them. I don't like their city. I don't like their former owner. I don't like the Bud Seeligs in the Hall of Fame before a ton of people that I like. Do you like Bob Euchre? He's the only good thing to come okay. out of it. Actually, Robin Yount, Paul Mulder.
1: Those guys okay. Okay. I didn't know you had a disdain for Milwaukee that, that reached that level. They, and they're
2: they're guilt by association after the whole Ryan Braun thing, you remember that? Yeah. That dirty dog. Yeah. Where he threw the, the FedEx worker under the bus. Uh huh. You dirty Why
1: can't you hate the dirty, guy and not the team? Filthy dog. Why can't you hate the guy and not the Doesn't team? Doesn't even matter. Uh, can I ask you guys another question that Marty has posed to me? And I, this is, to me, it's an impossible question to answer. Vic, do you think you can answer impossible questions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if a player hits 47 home runs and 104 RBIs, is that good? That's not bad. What if he hits a buck 97 doing it? That's crazy. That's Kyle Schwarber how? is hitting 197 this year with 47 home runs and 104 RBIs. He is everything that's wrong with baseball. I'm sorry. And he, is, is and he, he their struck I'm sorry. out hitter? By I'm the way, sorry. he struck out 215 times this season.
3: How is he their leadoff hitter?
1: You realize that he Kyle doesn't Sh- get on base. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Kyle Schwarber has struck out more times this season, just this season, than Tony Gwynn did his entire career, or at least the 1990s. If if I had, oh could, yeah, could, could
1: you imagine? Can you imagine you're, one You're guy probably right he's the last two years, Mo. She has struck out a grand total four hundred and fifteen times. Like Tony Gwynn's gone months without a strikeout. Mm hmm. It's crap. I mean, that's how good of a hitter he was.
2: At least putting the ball in play. But he didn't drop
1: bombs, Mo. Yeah, but he didn't go yard, and he didn't get the chicks. All he got was that some- nah, easy. I, don't, I <laughs> there's a rhyme there that I I don't want you to go to, um again. If I told you there was a Rockies player that hit 197 on the year but had 47 home runs and 104 RBIs, would you say that's a good player for the Rockies or not? Is that a good season? Well,
3: in today's game, it is. In today's game, all the, the result that matters is runs. How many runs do you score? How many runs do you score? Now, Nothing else matters at the end of the day. Like
1: in football, how many points do you score? The stats don't matter. How many points do you score? I was doing quick math, by the way. So he is, uh, on the year, he has 115 hits on 585 at-bats. I subtracted the 47 home runs from that. I subtracted the 19 doubles and the one triple that he had on the year. And you know what it came to? Wait, he managed to get, he managed to waddle his ass all the way to third one time? He did? (laughs) Now that's impossible. Listen, listen. For the season, a season in which he missed two games. He played 160 games during the regular season. That's admirable. Kyle Schwarber had forty-seven home runs and forty-eight singles. I I, I need to ask you again. <laughs> usually, usually
3: your leadoff hitter historically in baseball. Correct me if I am wrong, baseball guy. Mm-hmm. Historically in baseball, okay. your leadoff hitter is somebody with a pretty high mark batting average and can Gets on base, move can, on the
1: base. Can, pass. can can steal a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So you like got a Kenny Lofton type of guy.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, whatever it's they're doing, it's working. It's working. They. I mean, if they, I, had to, guess, if I had guess,
1: just if I had to guess, Vic, this would be my guess. Okay, for a guy who hits 197, I think they're willing to take the out to start the inning as opposed to the out with two guys on base that'll end the inning. So they don't gotcha. want to put him in the four hole because if he strikes out, you're leaving guys on. But if you put him at lead off, maybe you get a lead off Homer. Your eight nine hitters get up to the plate. Maybe he can knock them in. But the meat of your lineup is now up with guys who are yeah. competent contact hitters and, that can. And they get don't want
3: They don't want to waste him in the seven in the seven eight hole because he's got too much power and he can do some damage.
2: That would be my you remember, guess. You remember the former Niners? But I don't baseball. know. I'm just I'm guessing. Pablo Sandoval. You remember him? Kung Fu Panda? Panda. What team was he on? The Giants. Giants. Yeah. You said the Niners. Yeah, you did say Niners. <laughs> I did. Well, the ni- no, yeah. the Niners play on 30th and Blake. Yeah. Um, Schwar- Schwarber is no, he's not thinner than Panda was.
1: Schwarber's lost a lot of weight. He looks pretty he good. He actually has lost a lot of weight. He's puffy. Pull him like a picture of right now. Seven years ago, he was puffy. Yeah. He doesn't look bad now. <laughs> what did you just say?
2: Huh? What are you talking about? What would he say? I think
1: he muttered under his breath, your
2: mom's puffy. I did not. <laughs> I think that's what not. he said. No, Is that no. what you said, Mark? Nope. Come on, Mo. Don't be a coward? No, I did not. Say. Don't Just be a last, coward. Dude. Nope. Anyway. You,
3: you know, know, my mother
0: listens to the show sometimes. She but, does hey,
3: by the way, I, I really think we owe it to our audience. We need to play back the portions of last yesterday's show, the last segment at least, when we called our wives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, did somebody really call Raj and Demps and say, Frank Trapuka, look it up, and then slam the phone down?
1: Did that's that hilarious. Mean,
2: that's what Nelly said. Did that really happen?
1: I think he might have just called Nelly. Okay. So he went to, he didn't get on the air. Yeah. He just called Nelly. I think so, and just yelled that and then hung up the phone. I don't know what Frank happened. Go <laughs> to <Guru> history book.
2: <laughs> Look it up. I don't, I don't know what happened yesterday in that final segment. For those who are not here, you early birds. I know you're probably you know getting the worm and you're doing good work and all that. Well, we got to play it. But it
1: went off the rails and it it was pretty funny. Well, here's the deal. the The funniest part about it was that Marty called it. He said, "I don't want you to call Terry. She's probably going to curse," <laughs> and she cursed
3: immediately afterwards. I don't like the fact that you beeped that, by the way, Marty, when you put it out on the podcast, because Terry wanted to hear the unabridged version, the raw version. And the fact that you ruined it by putting a beep on it is on you. Do we have these, Marty? Can we play these back for people
2: who missed them yesterday? Yeah, I got it.
1: All right, go ahead. Can you set the up thing, what led it's like to three this? Minutes. Because people okay. want to. Yeah, we got to yeah, say, so right.
2: Mad Dog went crazy talking about he's over Taylor Swift.
1: He's mad. He basically said Taylor Swift shouldn't be allowed to football games unless you can tell me who Len, Len Dawson. Dawson or Phil Sims is. Right,
2: so he's mad, and he said, you know about Len Dawson? Uh, go to, uh, Grab a history book. Look it up.
1: He's yeah. all, he was all mad. Len so.
2: Dawson. Go to a history book.
1: So Vic and – or no, Moj was the first one. He goes, should I call the bear? No, we were saying
2: tell- – we, no, we, we, then we said, with, with any argument that you're in with your wife – just say that, and that's how you end the argument, right? Yep. And then you walk away. So he we said, well, let's give it a try. We gave it a test
1: run, and here's what going sounds Go to sound a history, a history okay. Call, her, it call
2: her, have,
3: have Marty no, 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 call
1: a lot. Should we do it on Mark's phone, and he just holds it up to the mic, or should we have Marty call? What, should, would, she answer, would she answer? she? Well, it, it would sound cleaner if Marty called.
2: Hold on. Here, let
3: me call my wife. Let me call my wife, too. Sh- sh- Hello?
2: Len Dawson. Look at a
1: history book. Look it up.
3: Hang up. Hang up. What you say? What you say? up. Look so now up. No, Marty we just to hear, to, hear the response Go to at the next least. one
1: now. Go to Marty. Go so to the
2: uh, bear. The bear said, "You look it up. You look it so up." So pretty, pretty much disdain. Yeah. yeah. Here is I'm at least. Vic, Vic your Vic. turn. Go. There's no way Terry's not going to swear.
3: Okay, here we go. That I was that All right. Wait. Hold on.
1: Hold
3: on. I got to
1: put. Does anybody have Terry's number? Hang on. Hang on. I'll look up her number for you real quick, Vic.
3: Do you hear
2: this? Yeah, She won't answer. It's two rings. She's
0: oh, she's boy.
3: playing tennis. Don't no, answer this damn thing. Hello. Len Dawson, look at a history book. What? <laughs> Len Dawson, look at a history book.
2: Dick, I don't have time
1: for your <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and, and Marty called it. And then I called my wife, who was very confused by all of this. Um Go ahead, Marty. I don't have that one. Oh, you don't have that oh one? Oh,
2: my God. That was the funniest one. She said, okay, no. first of all, when Terry answers, you hear the exasperation.
1: <sighs> yeah.
2: Hello? <sighs> but she's exasperated already. Your wife She said, said Len, Len Dolphin? Dolphin?
1: <laughs> Look up what? Len Dolphin? And so my wife is not allowed to go to a football game until I get her to learn about Len Dawson. I actually thought she was exactly Googling right. it right there. I thought she was Len Googling Len Dolphin. Len Dawson, go to a history book. Len Dawson Go to a history book Look it up Len look, look it up Dawson Dolph- Dawson Len Dawson Go to a history book Well cool, I'll go to my history book when I get home Alright so, yeah, if you want to win an <laughs> argument with your wife, it's that simple, I guess. Just, Just finish it like that. Len Dawson, right. um, grab a history book. 303 I heard a lot of people talking that because they released Randy Gregory, everybody is thinking there's another move now that's going to be made or multiple moves that will be made by the Broncos. But will they? Or is this a one-off? We'll get to it next. Gregory released yesterday. Vic, you said that, oh, do we got a different angle here now, Vic? Get a little turn. Yeah, just to give you a different side. Yeah. Who oh,
2: are you standing at? Are oh, you standing at the Rockefeller Estate? <laughs> what the hell are you doing yeah. here, dude? You're you uh, in Grand
3: I'm Central Stay- Station? I'm staying with my buddy, Todd, who's a um, high school buddy of mine from uh, HFHS, Holy Family High School, and he lives here on the East Coast. Yeah. It's just interesting to see the history of some of these places, man. I think his house here was made, uh, he told me, in 1907. And every house is like that out here. These old Victorian homes. Yeah. It's amazing to
2: watch.
1: So this house has seen both World Wars and the Great Depression? Pretty
2: much, yeah. Dude, the wood paneling behind you, the finish yeah. work there is worth more than my entire house.
3: Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I mean, some of the finishing in this house is, like, nuts. And and people try to replicate this, and they can't. There's just not that same attention to detail.
2: There's no, there's no hey, craftsmanship Vic, anymore. Vic. Take a knife and carve Vic was here. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> just like just like Brooks and
2: Red and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah.
1: Please. Um, but here is Sean Payton yesterday talking about why they cut Randy Gregory.
2: Yeah, look, none of it's been finalized yet. And so the question was about Randy Gregory. And, you know, something we felt was just best for our team right now, timing-wise. Um, it hadn't been finalized yet because, you know, typically – before a transaction takes place there may be some teams interested in a trade and uh, but um, if any of that came to fruition and we would we would let you guys know but um, we just felt like with some of our younger players and where we're going um, it was best it was best for our team right now
1: so because they cut Randy Gregory I heard a whole bunch of people saying okay well who's next now why does there have to be a next at this point? Maybe there will be in a couple of weeks. Maybe it'll just be inevitable. If you lose to the Jets, you lose to the Chiefs, you're sitting there at one and five, then, yeah, you're probably selling some more pieces. But this feels, at least for the moment, like this is just a one-off. They had Baron Browning, who came back to practice yesterday. They brought him off the pup. They're going to start Benito, start Jonathan Cooper. Did Frank Clark practice yesterday or not? I was trying to look this up. Was he one of the guys that practiced yesterday or no? Because they had a He's whole expected. bunch of guys come back.
3: Yeah. He was expected to return this week. I don't know if he practiced. He was limited yesterday.
1: Limited. Okay. So you got a whole bunch of guys like Browning and Frank Clark coming back to kind of fill that that depth along with it. I just think this was a bad fit. Gregory didn't want to be here. They didn't seem to want him here. He lost his starting job, and they just said, let's just cut bait. Probably the best just to move on. But I don't think that this means, oh, now watch out, Justin Simmons is on. I don't think that that's the next thing that happens now. I just think that it's it was time.
2: And so, I mean, you're, these are all different, s- separate things. Mm-hmm. It's time to part ways with Randy Gregory. He wants out, you want him out, let's do it, right? Yes. I mean, it, it hurts a little bit because you're not exactly deep at that position right now. It hurts a little bit because that bread is accelerating onto the cap. But... If the player is not productive, you don't want the player. He doesn't
1: want you. Be done. Not to mention, it's giving an up. Op- Let's say that this season does go the way we that we think it does, to where it's just going to finish pretty awful. It gives you an opportunity to get a real look at some younger guys on this team that seem to have some talent, like Benito and Cooper and Baron Browning and guys like that. Um, for example, I was just trying to, uh, I was trying to figure this out. You know, me and Marty were talking about George Payton and. If they do have a fire sale, I know one guy who doesn't want that. That's George Payton because if they do that, that he's part of that sale. You know what I mean? Like sure. those are players that yeah. he brought in. He doesn't want to start shipping off pieces because he would be next. Um, but I was trying to figure out like the construction of this team, and I said the Broncos feel a lot to me like the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're built for a different era of the sport, like the T Wolves with two bigs, seven footers. That's not 2023 NBA basketball. That's not what that is. It's spread the floor, get shooters, like that sort of thing. The Broncos are probably, and I was trying to figure out if there's another team that's worse in this department. Are they the least athletic team in the NFL? What What do you mean by athletic? Like speed-wise? Just straight speed. like Like guys who can run defensively, sideline to sideline, offensively, real threats that can beat you deep, home run type of plays they might be 32nd in the league in that category. And it's it just feels like they were built for a different era of the NFL. For example, I saw a, uh, a highlight, and I'm sure you did too, Vic, but this one I just saw somebody post on Twitter. It was the overhead angle of Jaleel McLaughlin's touchdown. It was remarkable. He hides behind his blocker off the screen, sees yep. this big of a hole, and then... Shoots through it to where nobody can touch him, and I'm like, there's not a single person on offense that can that can do what Jaleel McLaughlin just did on that play. They, like they literally
3: can't see him; they're having trouble seeing him.
1: But but on it's the field. it's that combined with Vic when he accelerated, he was gone. Like he turned on the after boosters and left everybody behind. I don't know how many guys outside of Mims can do that on offense right now. Like you are just so lacking in the athleticism department on both sides of the football. That it feels like this team is constructed oddly,
3: you know the other position too that we we forget about because we saw just a little bit of him in the game in the uh, season opener tight end they they don't have anybody in the tight end position that can do anything with the ball in the open field well they, they nothing they,
2: they do but he's hurt
3: Dol exactly do, Dulcich once Dulcich goes down right once Dolcich goes down, right. they don't have that escape plan but, and but that's you what know it what? is
2: typically right? and would let me let me say this. The elite tight ends in the National Football League, yeah, they can run, yeah, they can catch, yeah, they can block, they can do everything. I mean, we know who those guys are. All the all the best guys, well, even right? The elite
1: ones, they don't really block. Travis Kelsey doesn't block,
2: not a lot, no. But the rest of the guys in the league are just sort of sloggers, mm-hmm. right? They they will block. Some are better at it than others. They can catch the football, but they're not they're not dynamic. Well, they, they catch the ball
1: and then there's there's a single play that. 95% of tight ends, you see it every week. The guy's five yards past the line of scrimmage. He catches the ball, turns around, somebody hits him in the knees, and he falls on his face. Yeah. Like, that's the tight end just sort of picking They're up sluggers. a couple of yards.
2: They, so they they have all sloggers outside of Dulcich who can't seem to stay healthy, which is unfortunate for the Denver Broncos. But you know, what are you going to do? I mean, not a lot of teams have guys who are dynamic at the tight end spot. Most teams have sloggers behind their number
1: one. Yeah. So it's just, it's built oddly. And I was in the middle of thinking about all of this. I was like, let's evaluate George Payton for a second. And let's see how much responsibility he holds for what this team is. And here's what I found out. He actually drafts really well.
2: Well, his very first draft here, Brett, again, he went Sertan instead of Fields. Well, let, let me give you this. Okay, He's had he, he
1: three years of drafts. Here's what his drafts okay. have looked like. Year one, Sertan, Javante, Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, Caden Stearns, Jonathan Cooper. That's six guys, I would say, pretty good. That are still good. on the damn roster. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. And every
3: single one of them, every single one of them have made some sort of impact
1: in a game at some point. Now they, the, they're not like one and done. The other names on this list, uh, Jamar Johnson, who is a fifth-round pick, Seth Williams, who was a sixth. Kerry Vinson and Marquis Spencer were both seventh-round picks. So those sure. are four guys, but those are fifth- to seventh-rounders. Okay, whatever. That's a pretty good hit rate, though. A bunch of guys who are six. contributors. That's that, How many names did you just –
3: that's seven guys? Six, six. Yeah, six, six guys. That's, that's a, a t- if
1: you get a six-guy hit rate in a draft, that's mm-hmm. not good. That's great. So his second year, the first pick was a second-rounder. Nick Benito, who's now your starting edge. That's a hit. Greg Dulcich, who hit. limited playing time, but, but feels but like he's pretty good. When he plays, he's a hit, but he's got to get on the field. Yeah. Damari Mathis, who meh, but he did earn a starting corner job. He's still young. I mean, l- l- let's not pretend that Mathis is 29 years old. He's still right. a young dude. Uh, next one is this is a an incomplete grade. Owazarike, who looked like he was going to be good, and we won't see that for a year. Well, he did get a hit. Uh, on his bet, which led to his uh, dismissal for one year. DeLaron Turner Yell, who is on this roster still and was starting in a, place of a, Justin if Simmons. If a guy is playing, you got to call it a hit and not a miss. Montreal Washington, cut. Luke Wattenberg, who's a backup offensive lineman. Right. Matt Henningsen, who's getting rotational right, minutes right. or rotational snaps yep. on the D line. And then the last pick in the seventh round was Fayon Hicks. I would say that's another decent draft. Pretty yes? good draft, yeah. Yep. Especially without a first round pick. 100%. And then this year, there's a whole bunch of incompletes, but Marvin Mims seems to be pretty good, doesn't he? That's a hit so far, yeah. Drew Sanders, Riley Moss, we haven't seen yet. J.L. Skinner and Alex Forsyth are on the roster but inactive so far. In conclusion, George Payton, above average drafter, below average free agent
3: guy. And that's the next step. free
1: agent acquisitions have killed him. Free agent has been a mess. I mean, you can start with Randy Gregory. Nobody's going to blame him for Russell, right? Everybody would have done the Russell trade. No Wrong blame on that same page, yeah. But outside of that, Randy Gregory, not good. Ronald Darby was good when he played, but he had injury problems and they, they showed up he again. Was, he was your other starting corner. Kyle Fuller was another corner that they signed that did not really work. True. The Teddy trade.
2: Mm-hmm. This is where we were getting into the doggone, if they don't have a quarterback, why are they doing this? They need to draft and develop. They
1: signed Singleton. Singleton was a good one. He's a tackling machine. He tackles a lot. And then Kwan Williams, who is a very good nickel corner, but can't stay on He's the hurt. field. He's hurt. There seems to be a common theme with his free agency signings.
3: Yeah.
1: He bets that guys are going to stay healthy who have been historically hurt, and they get hurt. That's what seems to happen a lot. And Vic, all the guys that came in this year,
2: don't forget this year's free agency. I'm class, not, but which... I'm not, I'm not putting these on George Payton. This is a Sean Payton operation. Yeah, that one's tough. That's working I, hand I in was about hand with t- George t- Payton. Yeah. So the yeah. two offensive yeah. linemen, the yeah. the the tight end situation, the you know the Man Hurts and all these guys, these are these are George Payton guys. No, these are Sean Payton guys. I'm oh, sorry, Sean Payton guys. Not yeah. George. Yeah, and, and and Russ. Russ is a George Payton guy, obviously. So throw him in the mix too. By the way, you guys clearly watched that interview between Shannon Sharp.
1: Yeah, you know what? What'd you make of it? What What's I, the
2: point of all these?
1: I, that's what I, I am, don't understand. Um, you know,
3: I'm going to get into a whole other diatribe because I know where we're going to go later. Um, the the media. In this country, sometimes we make up crap. We like to dig and dig and dig because we know it's going to lead to stuff like this. And Shannon Sharp has learned the game really well. There's no reason for Shannon Sharp to use that line of questioning unless he knew something was coming, right? Mm -hmm. And he knows something's coming. He knew he would get some dirt. He knew he was going that way, and that's fine. That's what we all do. But for the former Seahawks players, former teammates of Russell Wilson – To continue to attack his credibility,
1: his character. I am tired of it. Are you guys? Yes. And here's the thing, Vic: everything that Marshawn said, he said already. It's not new. He did this last year. He said the exact same stories. And and I, I was trying to figure this out. You guys tell me: has there been, and look, there's been numerous guys who you could have done this with. Has there been anybody? In recent memory, that has had a full-fledged like PR attack. A campaign. A a campaign against him. Has anybody had it worse than Russell? And and think about this for a second. I'm sure you could do this a lot with guys who are teammates of Harden, teammates of KD, Ben Simmons. Like, there's a whole bunch of dudes out there that probably had some teammates that are like, that's messed up. And nobody is digging this deep into trying to get people to say bad things about him.
2: May I jump in? Go ahead. Hearing what you heard from Marshawn Lynch, does last season for the Denver Broncos make more sense? No.
1: Huh? It doesn't? What? No, because what he's saying here is. Did the teammates hate Russell, and was that hold, part no, Hold on, what I'm saying... No, hold on. I'm not saying they hate him.
2: Hang on a second. I don't think Marshawn hates him, okay? That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is the whole... Your own office, your own entrance, your own entourage, your own... this The separation of yourself from the football team, which is pretty damn clear what Marshawn... Most- well, hold on a second, Vic. That's what Marshawn was indicating. And, and especially when he said... Pete Carroll comes to me and says, if you've got something to say to Russell, don't go to Russell. You say it to me. That's, that's abnormal. Okay. That's, that's not the way a a team should work. Can you imagine if Jared Bednar went to somebody and said, Hey, by the way, if you got something to say to Nate, don't go to Nate and say it. You come to me and say okay, it. Okay, but but that would be. Cortland okay, Sutton's not bizarre. But Colton Sutton's saying the opposite. Okay, but hang on a second. That, that, what I'm saying that's to thats two, three years old. Can Who I, can cares I, can, about can that I, today? Let me let me let me go forward. It appears that Russ has put all that in the rearview mirror, and he's playing some damn good football. And and I'm I'm happy about that. But I think that 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 seed change needed to happen, and Sean Payton, at least as it appears, has made that happen. And that's very good for the Denver Broncos at this moment. You know what? In my
3: estimation, the guys who look like fools are all those Seattle ex-players, all those Legion of Boom members, the, even Marshawn. They look like fools in my book. I think so, they too. They look like, like tattletales. Like, uh, dude, you, you went to two Super Bowls. You won one of them. You loved the guy when he was there. You were vastly successful. That was the most successful era in Seattle Seahawks football. Cherish it. Love it.
1: And now you're blasting a guy when he's gone? That's pathetic. Pathetic. Last I checked, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Marshawn Lynch, did they make a Super Bowl? Okay. After I, leaving Russell no, Wilson? They did, they did
2: not. They did not. But what, what I'm trying to implore Did they make a you, career? Hold on. How about, how about their careers? How about their careers? Well, what is, has what is three done since he left? He's won He's still playing last I checked. He's yeah, but he's won five damn football games in two and a half seasons. So just settle down for a second. Don't, don't, don't get me on this train. What I'm trying to say to you is that you guys clearly don't care about the separation of church and state. It, I think that Lynch was intimating, and maybe not to him as much, because he's he's a very much a roll with the flow kind of guy. That's the impression that I get from him. The imp the, the implication here is that there was a separation that really shouldn't happen in a football team. I mean, you heard Oh, Shannon- shut up. There's always yeah, a lot. separation. Oh, okay. When Vic, Peyton Vic. Manning was the quarterback of the Denver Broncos, was he treated differently than any other player? Yeah, but did he not? Did he refuse to hang what? with I, okay. Was When John Elway was the quarterback of the
3: Denver Broncos, was he treated differently than every other player? Yes about or the, no?
2: It's about, yeah, but it's about the behavior of So shut up their, with this separation uh, Vic, crap. Uh, you know what? Some
3: guys are treated Vic, differently. Vic, stop, and that's just, like, is Nikola Jokic treated differently than every You're, other Nuggets player?
2: You're missing the point, Vic. It's about the player himself, not how the organization treats him, about how he treats his fellow teammates. What did Shannon Sharp say in that in the discussion there? He's like, well, Seven used to come and hang out with us. He'd play cards. We're drinking beer. He was one of the guys. That's what the thing. Nikola Jokic is one of the guys, okay? Does, Manning was one of the guys.
1: I don't know for a fact Man- that Jokic goes out and hangs out with his, well, I'm with not his you're teammates. You're so wrong. Okay, you're but, so but, wrong. But, but, Moj, but, but he's, not, but he's Moj- not separated from everybody else. That's that's my
3: point. I mean, Mosher, you're 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 wrong. You're a hundred percent wrong. He spent his entire summer by himself with his horses, and no point did he even entertain other guys except for when Aaron Gordon came to visit. I understand. And yet that. he has no problem re re-in, ingratiating himself with his
2: teammates. That's more on his teammates. That's that's on Russell Wilson's teammates. A, I'm so sick of their crying that's attitude. A, that's exactly, in Seattle. Okay, what? That's exactly what I'm saying. Nikola Jokic has no problem coming right back in. He's a, he's just they're, they're they're right back to where they were. Boom. Hold on, hold on. A I'm, second. I'm telling Most, you. I'm telling hey, you. The perception is is that there was a big
1: separation and that was an issue. They, hey, here's here's my perception. They sound like a bunch of whiny babies. You want to know do. why? Because they Russell do. Wilson. Remember when he was allowed to put out videos every day a year ago? Sure. Before that was all locked down. Who was at his house for like a month in San Diego? Who's all the, the receivers. Yeah. All of them mm-hmm. Stay at the house with them. That feels like a hangout to me. Does it not? It does. So, Emily, like all these guys from Seattle, they just, and by the way, we'll continue on this because R- Richard Sherman, <clears throat> I'm so done um, with Richard this guy. Richard Sherman drives me nuts too. Richard Sherman is the biggest hypocrite in media right now. I swear to God. Like, we'll get to it next because if you guys missed what Richard Sherman said about your Denver Nuggets and specifically their head coach, Michael Malone, on his brand new put a quarter in the, uh, the yelling tv and watch people scream you won't want to miss what he said about the nuggets next and it's uh-
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Uh, Very simple. You guys might remember it was something like 10, 12 years ago, whenever it was. Sherman was a corner, very good corner for the Seahawks. He jumped on, at that time, first take with Stephen A. and Skip Bayless, and he started going off about... You got it, Marty. Let's just hear this again. Go ahead. Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address, address me as all pro Stanford graduate because
3: those are some accomplishments you will never, you can aspire to, you will never accomplish. You have never accomplished anything. So, but um, those things are on my resume. Those are, those are what I've done. It's my second year in the NFL, going on my third. I mean, you tell me who's wrong.
1: Okay, I'll accept that. I think I've accomplished more in my field than you have in yours, though you're just getting started. So, so I'm, I'm the top of my field, so I'm
3: all pro. I'm the best, one okay. of the best 22 players in the NFL. You're, you're going to brush it off, but I don't think you're the best 22 anything in sports and in, in media well, and anything. I think you debatable. think more of yourself than you actually can you know, prove. But okay, I'll, do you think I'll you're like better than Darrell like Revis is right now? In my, in my 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you.
1: So that's what he said uh. ten, twelve years ago to skip Bayless. and I'm that b- I'm better at life than that you. That continued for fifteen yeah. to twenty minutes where he said that he was. go to a history. He was a hack that he only said things that uh, for attention. he he wasn't honest. And now we have Richard Sherman co-hosting a show with that guy. In saying things like this, Malone Malone Al- for example, one, Malone. Just, Michael Malone has had one uh, successful season. Skip. One. And Ma- one! Michael Malone has season. had one
3: successful season. He could LeBron James could really give up, uh, you know what, as you would say, about what Michael yeah. Malone is doing. Michael Malone will be an irrelevant,
1: erroneous name in the history books of the NBA. He'll be a guy who maybe wins one championship, maybe. Two, you know, at at the greatest, and then he'll be forgotten about. As most people are, as people will forget about this Denver Nuggets championship team. They will not forget about LeBron. Here's the thing. Do I believe that LeBron will be more remembered than Michael Malone or the Denver Nuggets championship team? Yeah, I do. He said one successful season. Well, then, according to let me do the quick math here. Richard Sherman's had one successful season, and then he will yeah. be forgotten about and erroneous and all the other things mm-hmm. that he said if I'm applying the same logic. This is the exact same hack attitude that he was pissed off at Skip Bayless for, mm-hmm. and now he's going full high dive into the deep end of the pool doing the same thing. I'm done with this fraud. Okay? Done. Let me, uh,
3: let me start my deconstruction with this. Forget what he said, because what he said is silly. I love former athletes who get into our business, our, what we do for a living, okay? This is this is our territory. Mm-hmm. You're a former player. That's your territory. When we criticize you as a player, with which is our job, right, you have every right to say you're an idiot. But it's so funny to me how many of these former players who mock what we do for a living get into this for a living. Isn't that convenient? And then become. How convenient is that? But then Vic becomes a thing that they hated about the that media. That they hate and they mock and they detest. And they, it's so funny to me because I've seen it in Denver. So many guys who, oh, man, you guys, do you have any self respect what you do for a living? And guess what they end up doing for a living?
1: And you know what? Interesting, ain't it? That stuff doesn't bother me, Moj. The guys that are former players that turn to media, even if they said they hated the media beforehand, doesn't matter. I ask of two things of former players that get into this business. is that you work hard, like you work at this. You don't just jump on and say, I played the sports so I got to do any work. I know everything that this is an entertainment platform, first and foremost. Secondly, don't be a hypocrite in what you hated about the things when you were a player and what the media did. Don't come out here and do that directly when your career is done. And a lot of them do. It's why I got respect for guys. Like, I know that people hate this dude. I got all the respect in the world for McAfee. McAfee works at this thing and is very good at it.
3: Very good. Let me tell you something about Pat. I knew he would be a stud. When he was a player in Indianapolis, he hosted his own player show, right? So when we do player shows in Denver, for example, I was co-host of the John Lynch show, co-host of the Jake Plummer show, co-host of the Terrell Davis show. You do these shows with these guys and you sort of tee them up. He did his show in Indy for years by himself. He did a monologue at the beginning of each show where he just sort of laid out everything. He had guests that he brought on. He did the interviews. So he was tailor-made to be a great broadcaster from the very get-go. And he never made fun of it. He never said, oh, he actually wanted to do it. And he invited it. And there's a difference. There's a lot of these dudes that get into this business and they think, oh, because I played the game, I'm going to succeed here. Guess what? It takes work. What, Sher- it takes
1: work. what Sherman did, though, and this is the two things that are most bothersome. We we started this segment most by playing the clip of him and Bayless, and why was he on the show? Because he felt like he was very good at his job, and he was being disrespected. Right? What did he just do to Michael Malone and the Denver Nuggets? Completely disrespected him. Did you? It, when I who went? Was- who uh, this team historic championship run. Yeah, like one of no. the greatest the sport's ever has seen. Ever seen. Yep. 16 and 4. 16 and 4. It felt
2: to me when I listened to it the first time yesterday or watched it the first time yesterday, it felt like he's absolutely carrying LeBron's jock for God knows what reason. Yeah. Okay? It, that that was that jumped off. It wasn't much the hypocrite side of things. It was the I, I'm not sure you clearly understand what you're talking about. That's that I, I thought it was an odd take, and I even tweeted that I'm like, this is an odd take, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after him right this second because I'm not sure he knows anything about Michael Malone, Michael Malone's history, the Denver Nuggets, their history, what happened this past year. I don't think he really knows. What he sounds like is one of those sycophant Laker fans. Out in front of the statues, Vic, right there next to uh, next to Crypto. You know what I mean? Where they all hang out there yeah. between uh-huh. L.A. Live yeah. and and uh, and the in the arena that just spout about. Oh, we're just the awesomest ever. I mean, to me, it just sounded like he's yeah. some disgruntled Lakers fan. And I'm like, he doesn't sound like he's doing his job. He sounds like just somebody who doesn't understand really what he's saying. Yeah. And so I, yeah, that, that's either- the way I looked at it.
3: He's either a LeBron fan or a Laker fan or the absolute worst. Well, I mean, you have, all you have to do is Laker listen.
2: Fan. All you have to do is listen to him talk about it yeah. uh, about LeBron. And I mean, you, you don't you don't have to even. Why, why is LeBron of the conversation? I get. Granted, I didn't hear the lead up.
1: Maybe they were talking. About, they were doing the trash talk okay. between the two games. Okay. That's what okay. it was about. Listen,
3: we all have fandom, all right? Fandom is part of our makeup. It's the reason we love sports. Fandom is it. But what I've learned over the last four months is that these Laker fans are some of the most sensitive. Yeah, triggered people I've ever experienced in my life. Soft doesn't even begin to describe what they are. It's ridiculous, and the and the fuel that gives them fire. It's I want you guys to understand something. What was on the lead page of ESPN.com for the last two days? What story's been on the lead page of ESPN.com? It's on there again today.
1: Uh, well, give me a moment. Oh, it's Vic. It's, it's
2: Malone. Uh, commenting about the Lakers, Lakers commenting first about exactly. the Nuggets, yeah, yeah.
3: So, so ESPN chooses to put that on their lead page, right? Correct. They choose, they dictate. You know how this business works, Mark. The editors there dictate what they want to put on their lead page. Absolutely. So, you guys full, you guys full know that ESPN has a full time reporter covering the Lakers. Oh, yeah, full-time. absolutely. And that's what they, every single day they spit out information and spit out content on the Lakers. Te- full-time te- reporter.
1: Te- technically, they have like 12 full-time reporters because all their shows are dedicated to them, too. But yes. yes.
3: So, and and again, it is a, a Laker branch. And I've said this before on this show, and I will say it again. It's good business for ESPN to tout the Lakers. Good or bad. It's good business for them. And that's why they do it and that's why it's front and center every damn week. Yep. Every damn week, whatever the story is, it involves the L.A. Lakers, and that's on ESPN. That's their decision. Their decision to ask those questions, their decision to put it on the front page. Nobody else asked
1: those questions. Nobody else got into it. They did. And I, I still – you guys still remember this, don't you, when Sherman was doing the Thursday night football thing. Does he still do – yeah, he does still do that, the pre- and post-game show for Amazon Prime. Yeah. Remember when the week leading up to the Thursday night game here in Denver? Sherman was talking to a former Seahawks oh, he, teammate. And they, was, they started oh, talking yeah. trash on yep, Russell, sure and did. they were poking fun at his bad start to to the year and calling him a whole bunch of like, oh, this guy and didn't. And
2: what happened on the field?
1: And then he gets to mile high. They got the set on the sideline. And he walks up pregame and throws a bro hug hey, on Russell baby. Long time and I'm no see. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, come on!" It's such a fraudulent way to act. For and Russell is so nice that he lets people do it to him. And I wish just once, like Richard Sherman walked over, and he'd be like, "No, get the hell out of here!" Like I heard everything you just said about me, and now you're gonna act like we're boys? Like who's the real fraud in this? relationship because you always call me a fraud that I'm not real and and I'm different behind the scenes than I am when I'm in front of a camera who's really different I heard your podcast it was 30 minutes of talking trash on me and now you want to act like we're besties again don't think so but he won't Russell won't do it Richard Sherman might not be on Marty's list yet he said he hasn't made it he's on mine I'm making one thin ice thin ice all right. Wait,
2: wait! You're only giving him thin ice. I know. Can you believe that? I need a full body of work here. I I liked him as a I player. Gave I gave you don't... one last year. How much I... more evidence do you need? A little more. Jeez. I can't just throw. I can't have a list of 500 people. They're gonna put me you in an what? asylum. <laughs> <laughs> in- until you put him on the list, you know what we're gonna refer to you as?
1: Lakers fan. Oh, Soft. Marty the Laker okay, fan Okay, list. Mark Mosher. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff Legwall joins us next. The Bucs. The Broncos. The Rockies. The Avalanche. The Nuggets. Denver Sports
2: Talk. Get it all. Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5.
3: Hi, I'm Kyle at Blindster.com. Want to say big on custom faux wood blinds, shutters, cellular shades, and more? Shop Blindster today and save up to 50%. Of- it is Ryan here, and
1: I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ShumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.